Well, as you guys know, Swami Shuffle 200 is right around the corner. And so we want you guys to all be able to have an opportunity to donate to veteran suicide prevention with awareness N, and that is the letter N as Nancy Action. We'll have their link posted at the bottom of the show notes. You can click on their link and they have a bunch of QR codes that you can click on and you can donate there. Also, if you'd rather donate, say you want to sponsor me per mile, say you want to sponsor me 10 cents per mile, write me at Mike Horner Ultra, M-I-K-E-H-O-R-N-E-R-U-L-T-R-A at gmail.com. Tell me that you want to sponsor me at 10 cents a mile. And then we'll do a check or something like that to awareness and action after the race. And for the first person in Hampton Roads that sponsors me a dollar a mile, I will enter you into a It's Just a Training Run June race. You can choose your distance and do that. And if you're one of my Wyoming peeps, I will give you a free entry into the Wolf Creek Wrangle Half Marathon. So two opportunities to get a free entry into a race if you sponsor me a dollar a mile for Swami Shuffle 200. Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. This week I am so excited to be joined by somebody I met at Cape Fear 24 Hour. Go figure. How many people have I had on now that I've met at Cape Fear 24 Hour? If you haven't run a really fantastic race yet, you should go down to Cape Fear 24 Hour because you're going to meet some really, really cool people. And that's what I did this last year. And when James Huller introduced me to Andrea Beasley. And so I am just so excited to have Andrea on. Andrea, you ready to go for a run? I am. I actually just did it earlier. <laughs> Good. That's that's what we all should do is go for a run. I actually, this was my rest day, so no run today. So it was good. They're kind of painful, though. I feel like rest days are almost like torture because you feel guilty. Because you yeah, didn't. you know, yeah. in a way, sometimes I do. But as I've gotten older and, you know, approaching that 59 and 60 age, I've realized there's a real value to having that rest day and actually being disciplined enough to do it. I know. Uh, I, I hate it, but I still do it. So, yep. yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about who is Andrea? What does Andrea do when she's not running wild, crazy, insane distances? So I'm a mother of four boys. I've got a 10-year-old, a 14-year-old, and two 18-year-olds. Oh so I've got the four of them. And then, um, and then I work full-time as a resource manager for a software consulting firm. So between the kids and the work, and then my big excuse to get away from all of it is to go run for four or five hours on a Saturday. So. There you go. See, <laughs> that, that is a good two. So twin 18-year-old boys. Yes. Wow. Are they seniors in high school or they well they um they actually graduated early because they already have they're they're basically going to be juniors going into college at eight, at 18. Wow. So they did an, an advanced program and so they're both planning which I'm really excited they're both planning to go to Western Carolina University um in the mountains of North Carolina oh, next year wow. both of them at the same school so I'm quite that's nice for mom. And also, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't already scheming all the races nearby that are. <laughs> that was going to be my next question is because there's so many cool races up in and, and trails. There's a jillion trails up in Western yes. Carolina. 
Yeah, and, I, uh... and here we don't have many. So even just today, my husband and I ran in the Croatan National Forest. Okay, and I mean it's it's beautiful, but it's not nearly as rocky as it would be in, in the mountains. So yeah. yeah. That's kind of so. I we moved my wife and I moved back to Virginia from Wyoming, so oh I lived gosh. right in the foothills of Bighorn Mountains. So like oh. I would walk out my door, and it was in fifteen minutes. I was on a trail, just in some of the most gorgeous country uh-huh. you could ever imagine in your life. So I miss that huge. And it's so funny because you know we've got I'm here in Virginia Beach, and we've got like First Landing State Park, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, this is trail running," and I'm like, "Well." Okay, sort uh-huh. of. Yeah. It's dirt, you know, but it's you're not, not on concrete. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hey, yeah. Well, so you know, you got that going. So yeah, it's funny. So how did you get started running software engineer consultant? That sounds like you've done a little bit of education and everything. Have you been yeah. always been a runner, or when did this? Start? I have not. So um, actually, my dad ran and my sister ran when I was little, and I, I sort of dabble in it. But I was a cheerleader in high school and was not really interested in running. That was sort of like a punishment. And and truthfully, what happened was um, in college, I, I just decided to start running to get healthier. I actually used to smoke cigarettes, and um, I was like, "This is yucky." And the easiest way for me to think about how I could stop was I would start running. And then the more I would run, the less I would want to do the other things. And then, you know, I guess I traded one addiction for another, which a lot of people do. But then by the time I was finishing up college, I had done a marathon at that point. And that's, and then from there, it just escalated. <laughs> so like escalated, all of a sudden you find yourself registering for ultra marathons, right? Well, basically what happened was, okay, so this is a, a, a weird, and I don't know how many other people might have this similar story. But around the time I was just getting into running, I still remember clear as day watching the um, Kona Ironman on TV. Was, I think it was like on NBC. I remember watching it. And I remember watching this woman. This was, I mean, this is in the 90s, collapse at the end. And I watched her crawl across the finish line. And something in me was like, I want that, which I don't know, again, what that says about us as people. But I feel like we all probably have that same sort of drive of I want to see can I push myself that hard that I'm going to have to you know, crawl on my belly? And ever since then, I'm sort of chasing that. <laughs> yeah, I I'm totally agree with you on that. Because, I mean, I was not a runner until I was 46. Mm-hmm. So I went for a run my first time when I was 46, extremely overweight. And, you know, it was just, it was a lot of fun. But I didn't fall in love with it until I realized that, you know, I can really push myself to limits that I don't even know where they are. And that's kind of where the whole living and ultra life came from is my wife and I had gotten back from a stint in Central Asia and we kind of crash landed back in the United States. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, I went through that phase of, I don't really, I don't even feel like living, you know, wow. and which is mm-hmm. not how I was built and not how I was created. And so right. I kind of stumbled on this on this uh, verse that has become my life verse. And, and you know, and it's John 10, 10. And it mm-hmm. says, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come to give you life and give you life to the full. Well, I started going, what is life to the full? What does, what does that mean? And then in 2014, I turned 50 and I said, I'm going to I told my wife, I said, I'm going to run 50 miles on my 50th birthday. And <laughs> picked her up off the floor and and (laughs) did it but then it was like okay i pushed myself that far how much further can i push myself and i started realizing that if you only do what you're capable of you never realize what your capabilities are 
and right. and what your capacity is. And so mm-hmm. it sounds like you've been along that same path to discovering that. Pretty much. Well, and I would say a part of my other story would be, so I've got the twins, but before I had my twins, um, and I was a runner at that point when I was trying to get pregnant, my husband and I, and, and of course they tell you, you can't run. I had all kinds of infertility problems. So we actually got pregnant with triplets. And then at 24 weeks, we all got sick and we lost them. And, um, and so when I came out of that, after like trying so hard to have them, and like the the crushing, like the, you know, you just think it's soul crushing to bear your own children. I think then I, I now know what suffering is. Like, I think you, you, I learned at an early age, kind of a different kind of suffering. And it's not that I'm chasing it, but I think it's a good reminder of I've lived through it. And sometimes I want to just like remind myself I can do it again if I have to, yeah. because I mean, this life is is what it is. I mean, nobody promised us it'd be easy, right? This is exactly. just a stopping point. And so while we're here. I know it's not going to be easy. And I think sometimes I push myself just as a reminder of I've done hard things. I can do hard things again, just so that when real life, like hard, hard things that I can't control pop up, I can say it's okay. I like, I've I've got the, I've got the tool set to be able to survive it. Yeah. So the ultra running in a way, it's like you put yourself in these situations where you have to push yourself and there's still a line that you have to cross but that's in preparation because you know there's stuff coming in life that right. yeah we just don't know and right. so it does running kind of be that preparation for you to realize that okay life is not that tough i i've handled this so whatever comes my way i can handle that yeah i mean is it that and then also when it is tough you know when but maybe my biggest thing when people ask me how i train for ultras my biggest thing is when i don't want to run is when i have to go run like if i feel great and, it, and the weather's perfect and i want to go for a run that's the day i can skip because that one doesn't matter um, i mean it'll help me my cardiovascular and all the rest of it but ultra running is not about that no. it's about not stopping when you want to stop. And so I feel like in the same with life, I mean, and I guess I would truthfully say after losing the the triplets, I was probably quite suicidal. I was, I was just broken. And it's just a reminder of you don't stop. You don't stop. Like you feel like this is the end, but it's not. And so it's just, it's sort of my own way of just reminding myself that there's, there's always something more. There's no reason to quit. You don't give up. You push through. Awesome. So what are what are some of the hardest we'll, we'll start with races, because if you're like most of us ultra runners, we've actually done harder runs that weren't races. But what's like <laughs> the hardest races that you've done? So I will say the hardest race I've ever done was Barkley that I, I tried that in the fall and I, I DNF hard. I mean, I made it to Meth Lab and then I mean, I had to self. Well, I didn't actually I could have like been picked up. Nobody told me that. So I thought I had to like get myself out. So, um, wow. But I, I was going to say it was back. harder trying to get out than it was getting yourself into the situation. <laughs> yes, wasn't I mean, it? Oh my gosh. It, it's a brutal race, but I love it for that. And I'm already in for next year awesome. and it's given me something to, to really shoot for because it's not, I think in other, like a hundred mile race, as long as you don't quit, most of them have a cutoff that you can finish with Barkley. You know, everybody said, if you don't stop moving, you can finish. I never stopped moving and I still like wouldn't have made a cut. I didn't make the cutoff. So I love that. And is so the Barkley Fall Classic, I've never signed up for it or anything. Is that the one where you kind of find out the exact course you're running the day of the race or the day before yes. the race? Okay. The day before we got the map. And, um, and this year was particularly 
brutal, you know, and, and of course you're in line with all the veterans who've run it before. And as they're getting the map and they're like, Oh, Oh no. And you're like, oh, wait, what does that mean? Cause I, <laughs> you know, I don't know what these things mean. Right. <laughs> then we got out there and we realized, I realized what it meant. It was bad. <laughs> did you get to do rat jaw? I'm not sure if get to do. I is- did. I got to go down rat jaw. I actually really wanted to go up. Like climbing is my thing. Like I okay. love going up downhill. I fall down a lot. I'm not uh-huh. the- I'm quite clumsy. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I went today to, to run in the protein just to practice picking my feet up. There <laughs> you go. Because I think with ultra running, it's, um, you, you sort of reward yourself by not picking your feet up. You know, yeah. it's like when we did, I did Vol State twice. You don't pick your feet up. You, you shuffle them as low to the ground as possible. That's right. To save energy. Less energy. Exactly. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. If there is a crack, I will trip over it. Um, yes. So if there are rocks and roots, I will be on the ground. So, you know, yes. and going down, especially, which really annoys me because it's like I go up fine. But why is it everybody else is crushing these downhills? And here oh. I am splattering myself all over the place. So, so my yeah. favorite comment to so my husband, and I got separated at Barkley and um, I was running with some guys from I think they were from the, they were somewhere in the UK. They were fell runners and um, and we kept passing each other. So on the way down, they would blow past me. And I was going down and then on the way up, I would blow past them because I could power hike up that hill. And at one point, the guy was like, I just don't get it. He was like, you like are a beast on the uphill, but you're like a pretty princess going down the hill. And I was like, awesome. that is awesome. Wow. So Barkley's the hardest. What's the hardest run you've ever done? Gosh. I think the hardest run I've ever done would be at Ball State in the heat the first year I did it which was 2017 okay my, my skin was reacting to I don't know if it was the sunscreen so my skin would burn when the sun would hit it so I was like oh. trying to repurpose clothes and, and cut sleeves off to put on my legs and then I just coated myself in desitin diaper cream like literally people in Tennessee were like there's a white like I was covered in white <laughs> desitin diaper cream that um like awesome. bugs yeah bugs would like die on the you know because they would hit it and just drown in the diaper cream um <laughs> That was probably, I mean, that was the point where, you know, you're just thinking it's survival, but I've just refused to quit. That was the hardest, I think. Yeah. And Vol State, that's always hot, isn't it? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing that again this year? No. So we did it twice. Um, I think my parents have asked until the children are older that, that I don't do any more of those runs. So <laughs> So instead, so, you, sw- you signed up for Swami's. Exactly. Swami feels better to them because you know, the traffic is not going to be nearly so bad, I'm believing. And it feels closer to home, you know, right. for both of us, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, because you're coming from Crowtown. I'm coming from Virginia Beach. So, yes. Yeah. So you, you'll be able to tell me about all the place. Although I did run Blackbeards last year. So I, I am. Yeah, I'm very familiar with North Carolina 12 now. A little too much, I think, but, you know. Well, well I think we're going to be in for it, though, with Swami. I keep thinking, you know, it's all about that wind. And I just hope we're not the horribly unlucky people who have a headwind both ways, because it's quite possible. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I I thought about that. I went down there and ran a couple weekends ago and had the headwind coming back into Virginia Beach. I was like, oh, I would really like that to be at my back going back exactly. to Virginia Beach. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the sand. So that'll be funny. So how do you prepare for like these multi-day races, mm-hmm. mentally and physically? I mean, what are the things that you do? So, I mean, this is probably not what people would consider to be intelligent, but I very hard, like if you ask me where we start for Swami and, and what the course looks like, 
people ask me all the time. And I'm like, I don't know. It starts, it's like 20 miles of sand and some running and I turn around and then the last 20 miles sand. And like, that's all I'm like, that's all I think about. Everybody else like wants to know who's running the race. I don't, I don't read or, or any of it. I, I go in as ignorant as possible. So I, I think for people who, if, if anybody has anxiety, it's way easier to just show up and just figure it out as you go. But in terms of physical training, the thing I would say for people, if they want to do this kind of race, that's paid off for me. It's just time on feet, not running, not, you know, putting in 30 miles a day, but I'll run. And then I normally stand at my desk. I like have a makeshift standing desk now. And then when I'm done working, I might go for a walk or I'm in the kitchen. I, I like to bake bread. So I just stay on my feet as much as possible. And that's what I think is hard for people. Like people can run really fast for four hours, but then they must sit down. And I think right. sitting down is not what we need to do in something like that. So it's just getting used to being upright all the time. Right. So is your strategy in these type of races to just keep moving? Do you take little trail naps or how do you, what's your strategy for that? I don't, I'm not a good napper. So what has to happen to me is I have to get so tired that I cannot keep my eyes open so that I know if I put my head down, I will go to sleep. And Ball State taught me that well. And I've slept in some really unsavory places and thought they were the best naps of my life. So I do know that, you know, when you're really that tired, when you get to that point, wherever you are is fine. So that's, that's sort of my plan. But I am also, that's the other thing I would say for people doing this. I don't know many people in any of these multi-day races that run the whole time. Like right. people, everybody walks. And, and even when pe- people don't want to, like, I don't know why, it's like a thing. People don't want to act like we don't walk. A lot of walking and I can walk really fast, you know, like a 13 minute mile walk is like a comfortable walk for me. I'm like the crazy person at Walmart, like zipping around people. That's the other thing. Like, you know, you just, you eat while you walk, you recover a bit there. Um, I I think the lure is that we're all out there just running like eight minute miles for days. Even the people who win aren't doing that. Even they are walking. So it just, it's just moving. It's just not stopping. Yeah. I I think the smartest thing I have done was I had a friend back in Wyoming who at one point I was DNF in every race I entered. And I was like, man, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. He's like, you're trying to run. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of the point. He's like, no, it isn't. He's like, you need to learn how to walk. Mm -hmm. Typically, I can do, you know, 20, 30 miles at a 13 to 14, you know, pace. And I could maintain that. For the next and you're not days. all beat up afterwards exactly you don't feel nearly so beat up and i'm i'm 45 things start to hurt more now yeah you know i realized that having a little less impact but i mean i still remember my first 100 mile was umstead and that was gosh i have to think by my kids so it was probably 13 years ago okay but i remember walking and these and i was just walking past people they were running and they're like how on earth are you walking faster than we're running and i was like i yep. don't know but it's just i am yeah my three pacers at blackbeards last year are all phenomenal athletes and just two of them have finished second in 100 mile runs and they're just mm-hmm. i mean phenomenal athletes phenomenal people and I'm just out there in my walking phase. And they're like, yep. we don't know whether to jog. Yeah, because they're pacing me. And they're like, we don't know whether to jog because uh-huh. we're, we can't really do this. We can't walk like you're walking. Yep. And so, but I was like, you know what? This works for me. And, you yes. know, that's that's what that's what running is. It's me versus me and figuring out yep. what works for you. And, yeah, that whole puzzle of what what is it that works for you to get you to the finish line. Right. So what are, what do you pack? Like, and what type of pack do you carry on these things? 
So I have a Solomon pack and I picked it just because it's soft. I like in the summertime, I don't like layers. I like to wear as little as possible because it's hot here on the beach. Um, so I picked the that one because it just, it was easy to wear. So I don't really take a lot. Swami will be different though. I don't know. I've never done really a cold race that's self-supported. You know, the thing about Vol State that's lovely is you don't want anything. I mean, like exactly. aside from, you know, I would take diaper cream. I won't need that for Swami, I guess. I won't be covered in diaper cream. But um, but yeah, I think my biggest thing would be probably my credit card. <laughs> my yep, phone, yep. A charging cord. I would I will have a poncho and I will not have a cheap poncho. I learned that. Like the so I would say like the cheapest ponchos, oh, they're so hard, like they just fall apart. It's like it's like having a dollar general trash bag. Get a good poncho. Yes, get I mean get the seven dollar emergency poncho. Is okay, the one I right. recommend the seven dollar. That's what I got is the poncho. is the orange, yeah, you know, the seven dollar yep. one off of off of uh Amazon. So yes, and they're perfect because you also use it as a ground cover. So if you have to sit down somewhere wet, I put my poncho down so it's you know it can keep the rain off of you, but it's also a place where you have a picnic or wherever you just want to sit down and not get eaten up by bugs, right? Because that's the thing. So those those are going to be the biggest things I would take on top of water, and then I like candy corn. Um, that's my my fuel of there uh, you go, candy corn. Choice. I don't um I don't do any gels. I don't do any powders. Um, I just do water, and then I, I take candy corn. Okay. And then you just pick up food along the way? For this one, yes. I, I expect, well, there'll be food. I think it's going to be harder for Swami. I'd expect for all of us to eat as much as we need to. You know, I think it's when you're cold, you won't think about it until you're starving. At least in, in Ball State, it was so hot. You weren't hungry when you were running. But as soon as you got into the air conditioning, you'd be starving. And then I would clear out. Like, I mean, my husband's favorite story is we walked into a gas station and they had one of those circular things with the, the hot food on it. Uh-huh. And um, and he watched me walk up to the woman and and I was like, I want this. And she was like, what, the, the corn dog? And I was like, no, I want everything. And she was just like, <laughs> <laughs> so she gives me everything. And he, he said it was like, he fell in love with me again that day when That's I like awesome. all the, you know, random weird food. But And then we had a feast. It was good stuff. So That's I think- awesome. You do have to like feed yourself. I, I think it'll be harder for us. I, I don't know. I, just yeah. figure it out, I think right? the hardest part is going to be when we make that corner after Jeanette's pier and, uh-huh. you know, kind of hit now we're P Island and through Rodanthe, there's, there's a whole lot of nothing, uh-huh. <laughs> a whole lot of nothing. So that's going to be the longest stretch. So how long is that? Is that the 20? That's going to be about 28 miles. Okay. So about 28 miles. You know, you go over all three bridges and mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be wind and, you know, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But Jenny and I went down there and we kind of scattered it out. There's not a whole lot from that point. There's, yeah. Well, there's... I mean, I think really, as long as you have water, I think. Obviously, now you're like giving me some information that I need to probably know since I know there's like a 28 mile stretch. I will always have caffeine on me. Caffeine is important. I don't drink like I don't drink coffee. You know, I do like Sundrop. It's my there you go. All right, it's not healthy, but I will probably have a way to have some some caffeine, and I'll probably take some salt pills just because we don't know how hot it might be when we're out there. But I feel like most things. I feel like you know when we're out. Well, and I'll obviously have a knife and some duct tape. But uh, like when I would do like a 24-hour race where you're on a loop, sort of like Cape Fear, Tideland's one here. It's crazy how most people, you can fix the problem with a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, some water, 
perhaps a knife to cut your shoes open, you know, and that's what I would need the knife for just to make space for my feet as they swell or duct tape to like patch whatever it is. I also blisters. Yes. I know they say take care of them immediately, but if you get a point where the blister is so bad, my thought is like, just ignore it. Like I just will keep going until it pops and then I'll be like, Oh, there it is. I I try really hard not to think about things that are uncomfortable. Once you give it voice in your head, it sort of sits there forever. That's the perfect saying right there. Don't, don't let it, don't let it become a voice in your head and don't Mm -hmm. ever let it get verbal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think that's the that's the key to all this crazy running stuff. Is it yeah. is well, and yeah. smiling. I yeah. smile a lot. I'll be in pain, and my husband and I, because we, we did ball state together. There were points. I mean, we'd be arguing, we arguing, and then we'd see other people, and I was like, "Yay!" And he was like, "Well, how can you be?" But I'm like, "You just have like if you yeah. smile at somebody and they smile back, I feel like the energy just it just grows." Yeah. And so um, that's my other trick when I feel really horrible. And actually, people probably think I'm insane, like even just on training runs on the island. If I'm just feeling yucky, I'll just start to smile really big. And they're probably like, who's the lunatic, like running down with a big grin? But it works. <laughs> yeah, I had somebody at my last race and yeah, it was a almost four mile loop and I would see her a lot. And so it was like one of the last loops. She said, you know what? I just appreciate seeing you all the time because every time I see you, you're smiling. She's mm-hmm. like, I, I look forward to seeing your smile. And I was like, well, good. Exactly. I'm having fun. You know, yeah. I may not, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I may be feeling pain. I may not be having the race of my life, but you know what? I'm still having fun because guess what? I'm moving. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I look at it and I go, man, I look at people my age and I go, I'm 58. I'm running hundred milers, man. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> and and I teach that, like, that's my other thing. I, I'm like, I paid for this. Like, exactly. I mean, I, I chose this. It's up to me how I want to live it. And I had one of my sons, one of my 18 year olds, he's done, he's gotten a hundred K. That's awesome. his, his longest distance. So you saw him, he was at Cape Fear, oh. but he, um, he's sort of moved into it too. And it's just been interesting to watch him sort of watch the adults, what he thinks be foolish. Right. <laughs> and then sort of realize that. It's actually not foolish. He enjoys it. a lot it. of fun. That's um, cool. It's good. That is awesome. So let's kind of go, man, I, this has been awesome. I could go on forever with you <laughs> talking about this stuff. You're, I can't wait to run smiles with you. It's yeah, I know. It's it's we've, got, we've got 200 miles. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's you know nothing but you know just moving forward, right? Exactly. So let's I'll share say, my candy corn. <laughs> awesome. I will share. I, I like pistachios and almonds, so. You know, that's oh, you're of, healthy. Oh my gosh. That's that's my go to that's my go to is pistachios and almonds. As long as I have pistachios and almonds, life you're is good. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say you're sitting down and you've got somebody that's gonna run that wants to run their very first ultra marathon. What would you recommend to them? So the first thing I would say is find out a pair of shoes that your feet don't hate. And because I feel like foot issues kill a lot of people's races because they don't take the time to figure out their sock and shoe. And just because you think New Balance or Nikes are cool for this doesn't mean you want to use it for that. I mean, like everybody's so different. So I think if you could dial in your shoes, that's that's the first step. And then on top of that, I would really say, learn how to walk fast, yep. learn how to walk, learn how to eat and drink and, and not have it come back up while doing anything strenuous. I mean, again, that's, I'm like, you don't have to be running to do it. You can practice on a bike, but, but learn how to like get your gut. So if you can get your feet and your gut in, the rest of your body is really quite amazing and will push through all kinds of things. But for some reason, feet and gut, that's what throws people. And then on top of those two, 
if you pick the right race, um, yes. if you're going to do your first one, the first one needs, you got to pick the right one. And I would pick something. I'm a believer in at least, even if it's not your first hundred miler, I think you should volunteer at some races and see what happens to understand how it works. And then from there, and that's how I did it. I crewed people and, and that was, I saw it. And I remember going, I would never do this. It's stupid. Like people are throwing up by me. I was like, why would people do it the very next year? There I was, but that's, that's important. And I think the the 24 hour race format is just a great way for people to try something in a safe environment. You know, it's also it's a little too safe sometimes, it makes it easy to quit. But I do feel like you can practice gear. Like I actually feel like that would be a great training race before your 100 would be a 24 hour. So if you find that and then just a nice good 100 mile race where a small one, yes. not, not a huge one, not the fancy kind, that those would be my big things. Awesome. Awesome. So last thing, what is your mental go-to? Like, do you have a mantra? What is the thing that keeps Andrea going strong mentally? I literally, I think I, I am a, a gift and maybe it's a mom gift. I can compartmentalize really well. And I'm really good at just sort of going inside my head and, and just not thinking about what I'm actually doing. Like I can just stare ahead of me and just breathe in, breathe out. And so I think if you can just shut out and, I, and that's the thing with pain, like pain bothers other people. I don't, I can just block it for as long as I possibly can. But I think that is probably the biggest. And then obviously, you know, you've got the people that, that I've left at home to go do the, the things I'm doing. And if you have a spouse or children or, or people watching your children, you realize they're giving up something for you to do it. And so it just makes it a lot easier. Cause I mean, everybody says running is a selfish sport. It is, but so is eating is selfish. Like all sorts of things are selfish. Like, so I don't ever, I don't feel guilty for running, but I also do realize that, that I'm out there. It's a special thing for me. And so I should treat it as such instead of a chore. So. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think that's going to do it. It's been awesome, Andrea. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.